This episode is brought to you by the YouTube channel Comic Pop. If you enjoy this show, subscribe to youtube.com slash comic pop for even more deep dives into your favorite comics. Hello everybody and welcome to Off the Rack, I'm Sal. I'm Tiffany. This is the comic book review show where we take books in the past week, recap, review them, let you know what we thought about them, and then give you recommendations of books that are coming out this week we think you should pick up. So today we're going to have a few books. I don't know how many books you have, but I only have like a very small number. Okay. Um, I didn't get a chance to read everything um, that I wanted to. I know that there was a War of the Realms tie-in that I wanted to check out and I just didn't. Oh, yeah, you were going to do that. I know. And I just didn't I, do it. Uh, well. What? You, didn't, you, you can't get a gold star for the day. No, that's fair. You know what? You can't get one every day. <laughs> the, the sooner you learn that, the better your life is going to be. Uh, by the way, this channel um, is, you know, it's all about comics. We, uh, we supplement that channel by using a number of things. In this particular show, we use Super Chats. That way, uh, the roofs stay over our heads, especially after miserable storms we got last night. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, so uh, that way, you know, we can help ourselves out, but also it allows you to be part of the show. It's mm-hmm. a great way to organically weave you into the conversation and uh, read some of your questions, comments, whatnot. So we encourage you to use those Super Chats because if it is uh, used, it will be brought into the show uh, live <clears throat> or, you know, recorded for posterity. In addition to that, we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash comicpop, all the links and more are in the description below this video, yeah. uh, where you can find all kinds of fun stuff. We just had a behind-the-scenes rundown of everything that's happening this week, plus early access to back issues, and uh, and a supplemental podcast that you can only find over there that is a spinoff from Elseworlds Exchange. So nice. it's a lot of fun. Check it out if you're interested. You know, if you, if you have the the scratch to help out, uh, you know, we we do appreciate it. But if not, this show is still free, so you know, you can always just enjoy it. Yeah. So uh, let's jump into some books, shall we? Yes, um, it's warm, so yes. Yeah, let's get please. this going. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I read Justice League number twenty-four okay. from uh, Scott Snyder and uh, Jimenez. Yeah, where you? it looks like Batman's gonna eat them. Yeah. No, I didn't. Destroyed by the Dark Knight. It's a giant book. Uh, no, it's just it's, it's just another. You Batman know. gets really big and eats everybody. Right. That's usually it's how it works. It's a weird twist. Yeah. It's a weird twist. It would be. But uh, no, it's just a metaphor. <laughs> it's metaphorical. Uh, Batman, uh, of course, has been encouraged by the like progenitor of this sixth dimension to help destroy the reality we're in and allow for you know heroism to take hold and all that you need to sacrifice... Like, is everyone you know and love in order to do it. But don't worry, they're like spirits or whatever will be carried over, so it's fine. <laughs> so in the last issue, we kind of left on a cliffhanger. Uh, Batman had to, and in fact did, move a son away from Superman who was jumping and flying away from a like kind of like increased gravity prison mm-hmm. planet moon thing. Uh, Superman is inspired, or he deep, digs deep to find a memory of himself with John. Uh, to find the courage to go out and, and do that. Um, it's actually a really, really beautiful sequence in which Clark re- recalls a great day with Aww. his son. Yeah. And he talks about... And it, it, you could tell a father wrote it because it's very, like, these are the moments that you don't think about. And there's, you know... It, he they, they play music together. They play catch. Uh, they go and stop a villain, which okay. you don't even see. Right, and You see right. the two of them, like, don their super costumes and get ready to go. And then Clark calls Lois and tells her, because she's working late at the Daily Planet, like, what an awesome day it was. Yeah. But uh, John is so sad because, like, they didn't get a chance to launch this, like, memorial rocket for her, his grandfather, John. Uh, oh, it's like one of those little, um, like, paper lanterns. Exactly. I was like, he, there's a lot of tape there for a little rocket ship. Uh, yes. But it's right. a paper lantern. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, 
And Clark is like, it's fine, we'll do it tomorrow. He's like, yeah, but we were going to do it today, and now it's raining. And uh, Clark doesn't really think about, like, how great the day was. He thinks more about, like, the failure of not being able to do this thing that sure, his son really wanted. Sure, because it's easier to focus on that. Right, and the lantern, like, falls apart in his hands in the, in the rain. And it's just, like, now I'd give anything to be in that moment again and stuff like that. And it's just, it, it was a beautiful sequence. It's really, really well executed. The Justice League and the Legion of Doom team up. The Legion of Doom saves the Justice League. That's, like, literally what happens in that story. Okay. Uh, Batman and, like, the blue dude who's, like... This a, big guy. Yeah, who helped create, like, a Barbatos and whatnot. Um, he basically encourages Batman to, like, put on, like, the last Batman suit that he'll ever wear, which is made of all kinds of, like, life-granting blah-blah-blah <laughs> and doobly-doos that allow him to reshape the blah-blah-blahs into yada-yadas. Right. It, wait, you mean it's not a black suit with a, you know, white right. shirt and... and... And sunglasses? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, by the way, the Legion of Doom is a great fo- has a great moment to shine. It's a lot of fun. Okay. Um, I, you know it's funny as soon as they kind of brought the Legion of Doom into the forefront where Snyder did I was like there is going to be a moment where they have to work together because it's yes. like how it goes right except this is an alternate reality Legion of Doom that's been in prison for years yeah but and... you still get that effect yeah. you know what I mean yeah that's true it's a, it's slightly turned on its ear mm-hmm. but you do get that effect right so the Justice League faces off against like the future idyllic version of the justice league right and uh, and that's when batman shows up wearing the suit this big epic amazing suit that is made of like all this material and crap and it's like he's gonna unmake everything or remake everything or whatever the point is like you know i'm sick has gone off the deep end or he's playing the long game my guess is he's playing the long game because like it would be so dissatisfying if batman was a betrayer of everyone he loved and yeah you, you know what constantly like it, every time yeah you know like, why would you be friends with that person anymore you know i'm not reading justice league right now because i'm reading the batman who laughs and i don't want two stories in which batman regardless of the actual outcome is betraying everybody simultaneously That's literally every... I'm, like, I'm not sure why snyder's doing that at the same time i don't know i will say that like it's also happening in tom king's batman it's also happening it's happening all it there isn't a batman book coming out right now where batman isn't screwing somebody over right yeah and i and like i get it like right that it's just happens that, like... there's that overlay sometimes it's just it's just interesting that he's writing two different books in which he's screwing people over in two different ways and in which he could be screwing them over in like a secret way where exactly. it's like, I'm going to trick you and make you think I'm a bad guy, but actually yeah. I'm a good guy, but like probably not. Right. So, so, I mean, like I'm, I'm sure they'll both have very different outcomes. No doubt. Both stories. Yeah. So like, I, I'm sure there's some inherent merit to them, Yeah. but on the surface, there's a similarity to it that I'm just like, it's I'm, too I'm much. Okay, I'm well, gonna, it's I'm, also written by the same guy. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Flashpool in the super chat said, here's some money just because I love that dipper hat. <laughs> Yeah, Tiffany's looking dippy, dippy fresh. I am dippy fresh today. <laughs> Not dippy fresh. But we don't uh, speak of dippy fresh. No, because he sucks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so from there, uh, let's talk about what Tiffany uh, read this week. Because uh, yeah, I, I recommend it by the way, because the art's so great, and because yeah. like clearly, like I don't know if Snyder's like you can't tell if like Snyder like because Snyder's such a good guy and he's such a friendly person and he's such a, like a a ball player in mm-hmm. the in the in the industry. You can't tell. When he's taking the piss or when he's, like, digging into somebody. It's hard. So, like, yeah. him con- like him showing off, like, him spending two issues being, like, the source of Superman's joy and happiness is his son. Right. Uh, it could be his way of being, like, Bendis. Eah! 
or he's like, no, I love Brian. We're friends. We hang out all the time. Yeah. I just wanted to, rem- I, you know, it's hard to think about good memories you have with your teenage son because they're such shitheads all the time. Like, <laughs> it could be one of those. I know I was. Like, my dad's memories of me, there are very few where I was a teenager that he was like, yes, I want to, that's the, that's where I'll find the inner strength to like, to, you know, overcome. <laughs> no, it's going to be when I was a little boy and we played ball. Like, that's going to be it. Yeah. Tiffy Fresh. Hashtag. <laughs> Mm. I am to be fresh. Bring it over um, to the Twitch. <laughs> I'm not sure. Which I apologize, by the way, everybody, for not having. Yeah, we were we were busy this whole weekend. We went to the uh, East Coast Comic Con. We had a we, great time. And, and then, then we ended up at like a wedding reception that went way longer than we were thought we were going to be there. Yes. By the time we were done, I was like, I am done. so physically done. No, you wouldn't have had a good show. No, it just would have me just face down on my keyboard. Yep. Um, and I wasn't going to do that. Right. Um, I'm going to talk about Old Man Quill. Mm-hmm. Um, by Ethan Sachs with art by Robert Gill. Um, I just literally today had the the realization that Ethan Sachs also wrote uh, Old Man Hawkeye. No shit. I was like, oh yeah. Well, there you go. He's like Duh. keeping these burning that torch for the Old Man series. Duh. Um. Anyway, um, this issue opens up with a rebel encampment at an undisclosed location. We, the reader, can't even know. We're not allowed to know because what if we told mm-hmm. Doom or anybody else, right? Right. Um, and two young individuals who were at the, like, Fing Fang Foom battle, right. um, go to report that, like, there's a hero, and, like, it's the hero of, um, oh, what do they call him? Legend No, time. no, no, the hero of Horse Creek, um, is there, and they're like, okay, well, show me, show me what you saw, and, like, you, we see that one of the kids has the ability to, like, um, project images. Okay. And, like, is able to show his memory of, like, him fighting Fing Fang Foom. And we see an arm of the individual, and then we pull back, and we see that the leader of this encampment is Viv Vision. Oh, cool. Good use of Viv. All right. And she looks like she's had some some better days. Mm-hmm. Like, she's missing an eye and part of her head. Yeah. That's and sad. she's like, you got to bring him in. Okay. We, we need him. So you got to bring him in. We're going to broadcast that out there. Of course, that broadcast is intercepted by um, someone of the Church of Truth. Oh, no. And um, that's going to come into play later on. Um, but this issue really focuses, uh, it focuses on Quill again and what kind of happened between himself, Gamora, and his wife, in a sense. Okay. So, like, they're making their way through the wasteland and they keep taking breaks. Like, Gamora's like, all right, let's break so that Peter can get a minute to rest. And he's like, no, I'm okay. Like, everyone else can walk like I can. She's like, we're going to take a break so that, you know, you know what doesn't happen because he he will have a breakdown, basically. And so, like, he has this little device where he looks at his family and, like, can relive memories, right? Oh, and no. the memory he relives is his wife. They're about to take, like, a royal portrait. Mm-hmm. And his wife's like, you know, just tell me, do you still love her? Oh, no. And he's just like, at the end of the day, listen, I chose the throne of Spartax over the helm of Star-Lord. Mm-hmm. So I chose you. And she's right. like, you didn't answer my question. No. And then he leaves, and then the machine breaks. Oh no! And he starts freaking out because he's just like, I don't, I can't, I don't have that attachment to them. Like, I, I, I can't remember their faces without this thing anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm gonna lose them. Yeah. And so Mantis comes over, and she's just like, you know, she loved you. Mmm. This she. Gamora. Oh. I... And and like understood right. why you left. Okay. That's nice. And he's just like, could you get out of my head? Could you just stop with that? Mm-hmm. And she's like, she's like, I can't do this. Or he says, I can't do this. And she's like, he's like, you're in my head and you know I can't. And she's like, no, I know you can because I am in your head. And then right. they look up at the stars and, he, and there's like this huge like streak 
in like the stars and she's like you see that there she's like that's where the zendarian system used to be oh and then we get a little peek at what happened there and then we see it in this future that alexander became nova prime cool and um the truth of truth came and they fended them off but they left something behind and we see alexander's reaction to it but we don't see what it was and then it destroys the planet okay um, and everything there, basically. Yeah. Um, Quill is awoken to find Drax's hand over his mouth. He's like, be quiet, because there's a Doombot going overhead. Mm-hmm. They make it past that. They end up at this town, which is like a ghost town. And they're like, cool, this is creepy. Mm-hmm. They find a cow laying in the street, just like covered in like bite marks. Okay. Like human bite marks. Mm. And like, at first, Rocket's like, I mean... I haven't had a steak right. in like a really long time. So they're like, maybe. And they're like, oh, okay, I guess the town's abandoned. We'll get supplies and we'll get out of here. And then Gamora notices that there are lights on in the church. Mm-hmm. And they're like, all right, let's go over there. And Rocket's like, have any of you ever seen a human horror movie? <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like, maybe we don't go to the church and we just leave. Yeah. They go to the church. There's a family inside. Like, you know, they're like, oh, get in. They're going to they're gonna see you. And they're like, who? What, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And that's when, like, a hand busts through the door, a la any horror movie ever. Right, yeah. And the Madrox gang oh, no. pours in. Now, this Madrox game, gang is out of its mind okay. because he multiplied too many times yeah. and it diluted the, the mind so much that it no longer has the ability to really talk. Okay. It, it has fragmented words. <clears throat> and instead, it... Um, only hungers. Okay. And it ate, it came to town and it ate the crops, it ate the cattle, and then it developed a taste for human flesh. Oh no. So there's like multiple man zombies? They're not, well, not zombies. They're, they're cannibals. They're like crazy cannibals. Right, right. Now, the last time Ethan Sachs dealt with multiple man was in Old Man Hawkeye. Yeah. Where the multiple man, um, ended up getting the symbiote. Oh, right. And like, that's how the T-Rex got the symbiote. So... So like you know he's got a he's got a soft spot for okay. making them pay. So it turns out that like you can't just hit if you hit multiple man he'll multiply because right. he gets energy mm-hmm. and uh, so you have to hit them you have to hit it, it is like a zombie because you got to shoot him in the head. Okay, um, you have to destroy the the head or the brain. Um, yeah, naturally. So um, rocket misses and immediately that's when they find that out. Quill misses because he's rusty. Mm-hmm. Gamora takes out a couple and then. Quill realizes that like they're gonna be overrun because the Madroxes start hitting their heads against things in order to multiply themselves. Okay. So like more and more of them keep showing up, and he's like, "Okay." Quill's like, "All right, everybody, get out! Run! Yeah, run, run!" And so like Mantis knows what's in his head. They they leave. He takes his gun and he programs it to overload. There's like propane tanks or of some sort in the the church, and they just blow it to hell. Cool. And he jumps through a window, and it's funny because. In classic Guardian style, or like in the perceived Guardian style, the woman who was the mother of them, like, is like, "Thanks so much for helping us out." You, the door was right there. You could have just gone through the door. You left through the window. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, I'm a little rusty." And then one of the Church of Life, um, you know, followers shows up and like goes to kill Quill and everybody like around them, and like just crashes into the town. There's a huge explosion. It's like to be continued. Oh, okay. So we'll see what happens. Um. Again, is this really a, like, old man kind of story? Yes, technically, because they're old. Is it more a Guardians of the Galaxy adventure when they're geriatrics? Yeah, it's more that. It does take place That's in what the you world. want. Yeah, it does take place <clears throat> in the world, and you get the occasional homages to Old Man Logan's universe. Mm-hmm. But I think it's more a Guardian story, so 
I think people who were looking for that same feeling they got from Old Man Hawkeye may not be feeling it here, even though it's written by the same guy. Mm. But if you're a big Guardians fan, you're gonna you might dig it. So cool, you know, check it out. Yeah, maybe it's up to I, you. Yeah, I mean that sounds fun. <laughs> uh, Joe Skandowski says hi, Comic Pop. This is the first time I've ever caught you guys live. Hi, uh, it's true. I've only said your name this one time. I listen <laughs> to the podcast religiously, and I love them. Thank you so much, man. Yeah. Um, glad you dig it, yeah, and welcome to the for, show. Yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, uh, Captain Scruffybeard says, have you heard of Scratch by the creator of the Max? Uh, yes, I have. Uh, Sam Keith created this book, Scratch. I'm bringing it up because of this Halloween. Uh, could be a possible GBU selection. Another idea is what if not Marvel, like IDW Deviations or Elseworlds. Okay. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we'll do Scratch so much as we'll do the GBU idea, but... You never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's always an opening for for a GBU topic. Yeah, especially with the hot like Halloween. I mean, we did like we kind of that Batman book we did was in Elseworlds, right? We sure did. Vampires. So there you go. <laughs> um, I read uh, Naomi number five from Bendis okay. and uh, what was it Jamal Campbell uh, and uh, what's it called Walker? I don't remember okay. his name. I think it's like Jam- uh, David F. Walker. David F. Walker. Thank you. Uh, who co-wrote it who co-wrote it well he and he and Bendis work together yeah Uh, and Jamal Campbell does the art okay Uh, if you've been watching the show you know that I'm reading Naomi yeah which Uh, I like well because like Bendis it's like surprise but I'm like you know no it's very Bendis like this is the Bendis book like this it's almost like this is the book that like clearly this is the Marvel book that he had ready to go that like he didn't get a chance to do so he's like fuck it I'll make it a DC book okay and I'll put it under Wonder Comics which is his label for like Young Justice and stuff and while um while people are falling off of Young Justice quicker than Lemmings falling off of the edge of a cliff uh Nomi seems to be continuing to like continuing to be fine it is like very much a Bendis issue in terms of uh Naomi finds out where she is she tells her best friend and then the next issue will be the end of the series. She found out where, what she is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's uh, she's the daughter of a pair of aliens, and she touched a special black rock, and now she's got powers. Um, so that, that's, like, not exactly this, but it is a little Lucy in the Sky from yeah. The Runaways. Yeah. Like It's a little bit of everything. Okay. But, like... The art is so damn good. <laughs> and it's so frustrating how it, great it, it is. It is very good. But, it uh, is. You know, um... Campbell will have work after this book. Which you is can great. bet your bottom dollar. And, like, Naomi looks neat. And she's got neat, like, she's got a nice personality, I guess. Like, it's just fun. But the idea is that she's, the only thing that, like, really sucks, like, because I've enjoyed this book. It's a lot about, like, a character study and you're watching, like, parents be parents. And, right. You know, like, a teenager discover the powers, which is up my alley because I'm a Spider-Man fan. But, like... Uh, they find out that, like, you know, a selection of people got powers from a... Like, the energy that was given off from, like, the first crisis, uh, which is, like, no, um, made a bunch of people that were metahumans, and it's kind of like the idea that came from Invasion, if you ever read DC's Invasion. Okay. Um, the Dominators take, like, a... Like, they just start, like, experimenting on people, and then, like, out of the experimentation that they put on these people, like, a small cross-section of those people got powers because they had a metagene. Same exact thing, only Bendis made it. And one of the people is a is a Rogelzar type character, and Rogelzar shows up at the end. I mean, it's not Rogelzar, but it's like might as well be. Right. And, so like, uh, is Bendis like being like, and here come Bendis and humans, like yeah, it's, but for DC. No, it's only like eighteen people. Okay. But like, so it could be, but like the 
Yes. It's like Bendis and Humans plus like an additional Robozar character. And when I say that, I mean like... No, it's just like a big ugly dude. A big ugly dude who's got special powers and he me- and he has a religiously like oriented mindset about destroying the he's, people who made him. Right, and he's a zealot of some kind. Fart. So when will Naomi end up in the Superman book is my question. Probably very, very soon <laughs> after this book ends. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. I mean, like, again, the art is lovely. And so if nothing else comes out of it, that mm-hmm. like, that guy gets to go on and draw some other books. Fantastic. Exactly. And Bendis is doing his thing over there. So, I mean, mm-hmm. like, that's good, I guess? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it shows Bendis only read, like, 18 books, which, you know, you could tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. So, okay. whatever. Okay. Um, it's fun and... It's a fun book. Uh, when the big monster that looks like Rolgazar showed up, I was like, pass. Right. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, help out Campbell because he's a great artist and he needs to be on. And the fact that, like, I don't know, I don't know, like, if he did, if he created a buffer for this book or whatever, but the book's out on time all the time and it's right. amazing looking. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's great. That's, so check okay. that out. That's excellent. Um, Polish Gamer says, hey guys, glad to be here and supporting the channel. Well, we're glad to have you. We really appreciate it. Keep up the awesome work. uh, Keep up the awesome work you all do. Always excited to hear your opinions and recommendations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And uh, Mr. Roboto says, Remender's Force uh, and Thunderbolt's Red, Love or Hate. Um, X-Force is cool. Thunderbolt's Red is not great. So, what did you read? Oh, (laughs) look what he said. I think we should just do my two last books. Okay. Because I know more people are going to want to hear about the final book that you had that I actually went through as well. After you told me about it, I went and read it. Right. Too. Oh, cool. Um, just super quickly, because I want to support Kelly Thompson, I picked up Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, hey! Um, now, this is not The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, so if you're looking for that, this is not quite that book at all yeah but it does have that wit and sarcasm to some degree Mm -hmm. and like tight snappy dialogue that thompson writes in her other books Mm -hmm. you'll find that here um without the hard horror element that's not to say there aren't monsters and like a lot of the stuff that people have come to love from the chilling adventures in the book it's just not quite that horror focused cool um it is the straight up like Here's an opening story for Sabrina. They move to um, Greendale, and she starts school, and she lives with her aunts, who look different than I've seen them in Chilling the Adventures, in the show, in other incarnations. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cat talks in this. Good. So we're kind of rolling that back as well. But there are monsters, and like she immediately runs into like two siblings who become a Wendigo together. Only one of them knows that they are, and the other one doesn't. Okay, that's and, cool. And like, the chick's like, don't tell anybody. She's also the bully of the book. Ah, there's some sort of like creepy kraken monster who's attacking things and it turns out it's this kid but the kid can also apparently turn into other things and that's going to be the big mystery harvey kinkle is in this naturally you know what i mean like and there like there is something obviously that like the ants aren't telling her and like she's doing magic in this but like she lives in a world of like i'm a human and a witch and i go to school and like i hate going to school because like i hate dealing with teenagers and like it's a different feel. Okay. But it's not quite the, like, hokey Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Right. It is, like, this cool cross-section of both. So, if you're a fan of Kelly Thompson's work and you do, like, magic and the world of Sabrina, check it out. Like, that, that's all I'm going to say about Fair that. Fair enough. Um, the other book I read for pretty much one reason is Aquaman, number 48. Yay! 
because it's called Mother Shark, it's it's becoming Jaws season, everybody. And Jaws is probably right now my favorite Steven Spielberg movie of all time. I've come to that realization. Right? I mean, he's made some incredible films that are poignant and more historically important, but Jaws is my jam. Yeah. And we're coming into that season where it's going to be on all the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, I can't wait for August for, for Shark Week. Oh, yeah. Um, so I was just so on board for this hitting at the like cusp of we're coming into the summer. I was like, Sharks, <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. So um, I picked it up. I was like, why not? On top of that, it's written by Kelly Sudaconic with art by Victor Bogdanovic. Yep. And I'm happy to help out Victor any day of the week. Yes. And he's <laughs> doing some great stuff. I was watching, I was looking at some of his sketch work yeah. on Facebook. No, he is, it's phenomenal. And like, he is just like, he does, we just let's get right into the art on this book. Yeah. He does a phenomenal job yeah. in this book. I mean, like, it's so funny because there are pages in here where there's literally just like ink marks that the anchor clearly followed from his lines, mm -hmm. knowing that having seen his pencils before. And I was like, oh, this is just so, it's just him. It's yeah. just so undeniably him. Yeah. Um, he does such a great job um, capturing some of like the overall like, like horror of the sea, the loneliness. Like, it, it, there's just like these, this is yeah, that's a phenomenal awesome. set of pages here. Um, I have not been following Aquaman, so no. my take on this is that, hey, this is kind of an interesting jumping on point, because Aquaman doesn't have any memories. Okay. And um, he's there with, like, the old gods. Okay. And um, they're basically going to give him this, this, like, here, drink this, and you're going to go on, like, like sea walk about, swim about. Sure. <laughs> Put your swimmies on, we're going to go learn about some memories. But he keeps hearing this other voice in his head. So he drinks this stuff. He's like, it's not working. And then immediately it works. Yep. And like, he stands up. Everything's all like blue around him. Like nobody's moving. Mm -hmm. He has these like, like memories or like these visions of like a man, like a fisherman helping a guy mm -hmm. like back into the boat during a huge storm. He then falls over. Uh, Ariel saves him. No, um, <laughs> his mom saves him. Mm -hmm. They fall in love. They have a kid. She has to go back. Right. The whole thing. Right. Yeah. Victor, uh, Victor, um, <laughs> I'm like, Victor Bogdanovic. No, yeah. um, Aquaman then like wanders into the sea where he comes face to face with, um, bigger than Megalodon size set of teeth. But like, n like the way Victor draws it is perfect because it's not like comical. All no, teeth. it's just, they're kind it, of gross and horrifying. It, yes. It's, it's, it is a, it is a an appropriately terrible amount of teeth just poking out at all of the worst places possible. Yeah. And it's the shark mother, and, and she is uh, this, like, leviathan sort of creature okay. that lives in the sunken forest that houses the memories of the ocean. It's right. the collective memories of the ocean that live there. Also, when people die in the ocean, she, she facilitates their passing. Oh, okay. By eating them. Whoa. <laughs> no thanks. Um, It's fine. I mean, it's like, it'd be like going into a big tunnel like a big tooth tunnel yeah that sounds like, like a horror show no I, I mean like han and chewy and leia flew into they didn't die no but like it, they didn't know it was like a cave right so, so they were just once they were aware it was a cave they ran away yeah once it once it was a worm that was it was bad um but anyway like he's like am i dreaming what the hell's going on and she's like no you died but like I knew they needed, like, a champion, so, like, I'm not gonna let you... You're not gonna pass on. Okay. Um, I gave you enough memories so that 
you would be able to function okay. and do your thing. But like now that you're here, maybe I'll, maybe do you want the rest of them? It might drive you crazy, right? right. That kind of thing. We also get like check, look at this. Look what he does here, where he uses the white. Oh yeah, the white. The white space. Yep. To create this, like the the implication of the jaws behind him. Like, yeah. Such good good panel layouts. Good panel layouts. Talented dude. He really is. So we go over like part of Aquaman's life. Like it, this is very much a clip show for Aquaman and Aquaman fans. That's great. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you know, there's like, you know, Black Manta and look, he's befriending sea creatures. And like he was taught, even though he wasn't supposed to be taught. Hey, did you watch the movie? Because right, let's just establish those stuff, things you know. that you yeah, that you remember from that. Mm-hmm. Um we see Mera in there, of course. Like they, we find out that, like you know, like he was the reluctant king, and that really mm-hmm. worked in his favor. But then he gave up the crown when it was time, and it was totally cool, and he's just great. Yeah. And then we get this, like we see that sweet image of her eating everybody, and it's like it's just Victor's work can be super polished or super like rough, and like this visceral sort of like coloration to it, and it's just so fantastic. Yeah. No, that is horrifying. It's just, it's so, it's like the things that, like, nightmares are made out of. Yeah. Um, there it is, uh, everybody. Uh, this is what Spielberg, I think, wanted Bruce to look like. <laughs> um, <laughs> Victor brought it to life for us. Um, but essentially, like, Arthur's like, I don't feel dead. And he's just like, yeah, but you're not. And like, you know, it's it's fine. And then she she's like... There are so many memories and whispers, and I hear them, and, like, the rest of you don't, and that's totally fine, and that's cool, but, like, you know, you have a very long and storied history, Yeah. and I'm just a little worried if I give these back to you, it's not going to work in your favor. Mm-hmm. And he decides, no, I, I do want it. Because, like, essentially, like, leading up to this, apparently, there was a big test, and he passed. Okay. He passed. He did it. Um, and now he's supposed to just go back, but like, he's like, she gives him the option. And okay. He's like, I do want the memories back. He's like, where, where are they? And like, yeah. what he wants to start with is the red haired woman. And right. I was like, what? Yeah, no, of course. He's just like, no, like that's all cool and stuff that, but like, who's the hot chick? Yes. <laughs> Tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. And like, she's like, oh yeah, no, yeah, no, of course. Yeah. And that makes sense. Of course you want to know about her. Come on over here. And, um, guides him to the memory. And he touches it and he sees her and she's like, this is Mera. Um, you know, she is a hero and you know, she's your companion and your partner, your lover. And then we see this end splash image of Mera and she's like, and your killer. Oh, and it's like, no. oh, what's going on? I don't know. Cause I haven't been reading Aquaman, but I really love this issue. Like yeah. not only in the writing and the fact that there was a big, scary, horrific, like shark. cool sage, like shark yeah. in it. Right before summer, um, but like the story was was pretty sweet. It was it was good, and like for me, I was like, this is a really interesting jumping on point because yeah. it just reaffirms things I know about Aquaman and makes me wish I read the rest of it. Yeah. So like, I don't know how other people who have been following this series felt about this issue in particular. I hope they like. But it. I kind of dug it, and yeah. like, if you haven't been on board, this is kind of a. I feel like it's an interesting place to pick up. No, definitely. You know, and who doesn't want big scary sharks? I do. Right? Like, yeah. Quint's gonna show up any minute. Oh, no. He's got a taxidermy man back home. <laughs> He's gonna have a heart attack. When <laughs> he sees what I brought him. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> so. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, Polish Gamer <laughs> says, uh, can't wait for Bendis and King to not write Superman and Batman. 
Me too. Mm. Uh, in my opinion, it's worse than New 52 now. Granted, New 52 Batman was actually pretty rad. Well, Snyder was writing it, and he was yeah, pretty no, much given the keys. We, just, we were literally just talking about like this kind of thing the other day, and that like when both individuals aren't on the books, in particular when King is done with his run, it's going to be an interesting transitionary period, and I think it's actually going to be kind of rough. Yeah. Because people love King's Run, and people hate King's Run. It's really kind of divided yeah. people, and there are people who just don't care, right? Right. They just don't care. Sure. Whatever. But that the next person who comes on board is going to be held to both scrutinies. Yeah. And so, like, I don't envy the person who comes next. No, which is why you suggested there should be, like, a transitional book. Yeah, like... Like, like a book, or just a run. Yeah, that's like, a, like a mini. A mini. A mini that, like, this person's <clears throat> not going to be on the book the whole time. Well, just an arc just in the main arc, title. Just something that's, like, let the other person who's coming on get themselves already all set, but something where it's just, like... This person's going to bear the brunt in the way that, like, people are going to be like, oh, this isn't Tom King, but I know it's only six issues. Yeah. And then the next person will come on, and that might distance them. So, I don't know. Could be. <laughs> uh, Liam Moore says, I don't know how far you are into the stream, but I am so happy to catch you guys live for the first time. UK fan. Hey. Hi, welcome. Uh, all the Love all the shows. All the best. All the best to you, my friend. Thank you Cheers. very much. Cheers. <laughs> Mr. Roboto says, will Sal do a good, bad, and ugly for Shark Week? That's a great idea. I... I I dude, I'm so all about that. I love Shark Week. We I should freaking love Shark Week. If I, I remember we'll do it. I don't care how often those shows are just scientists looking at things. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, no, let's look at things. Right. Yeah, tell me more about that. <laughs> Caleb J Via says uh, thoughts on Rob uh, Pattinson as potential Batman. Why not? I you know what I He's can't. Young enough works for me. Right. It's a very it's a very opposite direction. Good. We're gonna. See where it goes. For me, I know a lot of people are like, he's Twilight. I was like, I didn't, I didn't watch Twilight. I didn't Twilight. watch Twilight, so I have no so idea what he's Cedric he Diggory. Like. Yeah, right. So, works for me. I don't <laughs> care. And finally, last but not least, let's talk about Spider-Man Life Story by Chip Zdarsky with art by Mark Bagley. It's the best Spider-Man book out there right now. You should check it out. Uh, this is the 80s, uh, so as you can imagine, you know, it's going to cover a lot of things. Uh, Zdarsky, of course, is creating his own kind of universe. Um, the idea is basically he would did Civil War but like 30 years earlier, mm -hmm. or I'm sorry, 20 years earlier, uh, the idea is that like Captain America and Iron Man came to blows uh, over Vietnam, and that kind of like is the, you know, the, the spiraling out of control point. Um, but what matters is that like in the 80s, Peter Parker is 37 about, and his Aunt May is still alive, and she's mm -hmm. in her 90s, and she has dementia, um, and Mary Jane is pregnant with twins, mm -hmm. and uh, she is stuck having to take care of Aunt May and deal with being pregnant because Peter has been whisked away to a place called Battle World because it's the eighties. Right. So right, Spider Man right. goes to Battle World with a bunch of other superheroes, and it's nineteen eighty four, which is of course when Secret Wars took place and mm -hmm. came out. Um, and we see basically just a fun big Mark Bagley splash page of watching, you know what that universe would have been like. Right. Um, what I thought was most interesting about this was how prevalent the Wrecking Crew was. Yes. I was uh, like, what? I don't know. I mean, like, <laughs> yes, they were in Secret Wars. I guess that's why Enchantress in there, too. So, <laughs> But they're like... I know. They're prominent. Um, it's Pete and uh, Reed Richards, who used to be his, like, mentor and, like, confidant. Mm -hmm. uh, they, pat, they bury the hatchet. Uh, they finally come home yeah. uh, after Peter uses a the same machine. It's the same scenario where he they, they told him there's a costume repair machine over there. Yep. He picks the wrong machine. He gets a symbiote. Uh, he brings it back. He's 
black costume Spider-Man. Right. And I noticed that, like, because I have not been reading this book, but the costume prior to this... Oh, yeah. It's a, it's like a, a variation on the original costume, but it's, like, armored because he gets right, older. but, like, so he... part of it almost looked like, like, sort of like the Ben Riley costume because of where the spider is placed and how, like, it has that, like, almost sweatshirtian It does. Look well, it's blue. It. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, like, I was like, oh, okay. Why yeah. not? I think the idea mm-hmm. is simply that, like, we wanted to see an armored Spider-Man. Right, And right. that he needs the help. Uh, this is, of course, punctuated when he, when the big reveal happens with the, with the symbiote. But he comes home. Mary Jane had the twins. Mary Jane tries to convince Peter to, like, put Aunt May in a home. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter will have none of it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Reed tries to explain to Peter. He actually takes a moment where he's like, listen, Peter, like... I, I have some terrible, distressing news about this costume you have. It's not a, it's not a costume. Like it's a, it's an organism. Yeah. And Peter's like, don't you think I know that? Yeah. I'm a scientist, man. We work together. <laughs> like, and Reed's like, well, for God's sake, boy, why? Why are you wearing this thing? And yeah. he's like, because I need it, and not like because it's a drug or it's the ring, you know, from the Lord of the Ring. Right. It's like it. I need it because I'm old and I'm yeah. growing older and I'm getting weaker and I need the 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 edge because in this universe he's got like, you know, he, he's the suit actually amplifies your your strength. Right, right. When right, it first right. was created, all it did was be alive right but like, when, now it's you know now yeah it really helps him out and like that creates an actual like reason for him to hang on to it and and, and they actually creates a symbiotic relationship, relationship yeah. between the two of them and in fact like uh he he points out like i'm preventing it from bonding with me because i like expunge it at the end of the day like it goes into a separate case right which yeah. is like oh okay all right yeah, i hear like, what you're he saying just flings it off like yeah. it's dr strange's cape like right. just go over there go over there and then and it does uh because the suit's like why not i guess that's fine yeah i uh, like you you're cool right I exactly guess. uh peter goes home and there are police at the door and what happened was apparently aunt may like, took the twins and, like, wandered off. And, you know, was, like, staring through a window at, like, a department store for a couple of hours. And, like, yeah. the kids were just screaming in their bassinet. And it's, like, this is, this is a horrifying moment because it's real. It's, yes. like, such a real moment. And, uh... Yeah. And the cops are really supportive and understanding. And I really like how, the, you know, like, listen, we'll talk about, like, what we need to do. And if you need anything, call well, me. Well, yeah, because, like, she, like, Mary Jane's been chatting with them and, and asked for some recommendations if they knew of any place that, yep. like, would take care of her. Yeah. Right. And so, like, they drop that. Yeah. Like, you know, recommend, like, you know, we'll let you know, or we'll we'll get you those recommendations or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you know. But this, Peter hears that. Right. And he's like, what are you talking about? And, Aunt yeah. May, and Mary Jane reveals, like, she's thinking about putting Aunt May in a home. Peter wants none of it. Uh, they get into a blowout about Gwen Stacy. Peter ditches the suit, jumps into his old costume, and just goes swinging across the city. He mm-hmm. just needs to, like, clear out the cobwebs, I guess. Yeah. Will. Uh, what he winds up doing, because this is the 80s, is he bumps into Craven the Hunter wearing his black costume. There's right. this whole trend where it's like there's somebody in his black costume, like or in a variant of his black costume, like murdering people right. in the name of right, justice. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And uh, he bumps into that fake Spider-Man, and it turns out it's Craven the Hunter. Yes. And this is the first we're looking at Craven. This Craven is like galvanized by the like ensuing conflict between the Russians and the Americans. And right. um, he's like, I've been here, like, you know, as a Russian agent forever. And like, yeah. now I like consider this my home and I need to make you better. And like, you're not getting better. And so, you know, the same thing happens from Craven Last Hunt. He, like, right. he, he shoots Spider-Man with a trank. Then he seemingly murders Spider-Man, uh, then buries him alive. Right. Um, 
Peter's, of course, in the ground for two weeks, and at some point or other, the... I didn't think that he was. I thought it was two weeks. I thought it was that, like, I thought he was gone for three weeks at the beginning, That's and right. this happens instantaneously. Yeah, like, it could he's... be, because the suit does respond immediately, too. Yeah. But the idea is that the suit knows that Peter is in trouble, and it crashes out of its bondage and runs after, and chases after him. Yeah. Um, Mary Jane chases after the suit. The suit digs Spider-Man up mm-hmm. and absorbs him and becomes this, like, horror show of a black costume venom type thing Mm -hmm. and so you see a variant on the classic mike zek spider-man springing from the grave but it's like in this living costume yeah it's incredible it's incredible image and so peter with the suit just tracks down Craven, who's of course wearing a Spider-Man costume, and, and still like, beating up hoods. Well, he's doing the thing I that know, he did in Craven's last hunt. But it's just so funny. He's like, okay, I put him, I put him in the grave, and I, all right, back to work. Yeah, I had someone else take the grave. Though. Right, like, uh, yeah. but mm-hmm. uh, enraged by the uh, you know the ensuing like violation and whatnot, um, it takes on the form of like venom. Yeah. And you know, grows a mouth and it's gonna attack him and Craven's like, You're beautiful. Like this is this is exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Like you're finally ready. And uh Mary Jane tracks him down. Peter's like, you gotta you gotta shoot me with the special ray that gets the symbiote off of me. Like right. we, like we talked about. They didn't really <laughs> talk about it, but we talked they talked about it in between the panels. Right. Because we're skipping decades every friggin' issue. Uh, Mary Jane seemingly kills the symbiote and and then, uh, you know, Peter is freed from it. But unfortunately, he loses the crutch. Yeah. Um, then we just get a silent, you know, kind of like montage of like Mary Jane and the children moving out and leaving Peter alone with his aunt. Yeah. Just looking out the window. And it's like, oh, yeah, just just a gut punch. Yeah. It's like almost one more day where it's like. You want to trade your family for your, like, million-year-old aunt? Yeah. Because you're too much of a coward to just do the adult mature thing? Right. Or maybe you just can't handle it? It's incredible. So then... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, it seems like from what you've described to me, this Peter Parker misses the mark on a lot of things. Like, he doesn't have quite the understanding that he should. Right. And so, like, he's missed taking taking care of her by being like she has to live here that's how i take care of her as right opposed to actually like, getting her the help she needs yeah well and also he doesn't think about like he's being irresponsible because he doesn't think about like the burden he's putting on mary jane and oh, how well, she's been course. taking care of her like, right but like even if he was like, let's say he stopped being spider-man and he still was here that doesn't mean he has the capabilities to deal with this not everybody can deal with that situation no alzheimer's dementia it's really hard to deal with. Yes. And I think he just, he's like, no, no, no. Like, I have to just, I have to stay with her, or we have to stay with her. Yeah. Because that's, what's, that's what means that's to what take care of someone. That's what you're supposed to do, yeah. As opposed to it being like... Giving them the care they need. Yeah. Like, getting it. And, like, you're not just dumping them off somewhere. Like, right. that happens, and that sucks. Yeah. But that's not what the situation is. No. So, yeah. No, it's true. It's just, he just misses that mark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you ever caught our uh, interview with the, with Chip, we do talk about how he basically believes if Peter's not suffering, then he's not Peter Park. <laughs> um, so then we get the classic ending to Craven's Last Hunt. Craven's like, I've done it. He's, you know. And oh, the other thing I forgot to mention was that like Cra- Craven felt accelerated in his desire to do this because he's dying of cancer. Yeah, I noted that at the, at the end. I was like, oh, okay. I forgot. About that. He mentions that earlier. But, oh, uh, okay. But yeah, he's... He's like, so I'm going to take my own life, just like I did in Craven's Last Hunt. Right. And you're like, oh, this is, yeah, exactly, classic. Yeah. And then, as he's about to put the gun to his mouth, the symbiote finds him. Yep. And stops him. And then he becomes the new Venom. 
Yeah. Or so you think. Right. We're going to find out I after guess. the 90s. Yeah. But like, that's that's so brilliant. I'm like floored. <laughs> because like, okay, so you got the thing where it's like, yeah, you set up Craven. He could be a cool Venom. Yeah. But then you're like, oh, wait a minute. The Venom symbiote saved Eddie Brock from suicide. Mm-hmm. And Craven always killed himself. So like, and it also like saved Eddie from cancer. And so we... Like, it's just this poetic, amazing, like, merging of these characters so that, like, Craven becoming Venom in this universe makes perfect sense. And it's so clever and it's so genius. And it's like, that's why I can't write Spider-Man. Because, like, <laughs> I can't think of things like that. Like, I was like, that got me so hard. And then thinking about it where I'm like, oh, that makes so perfect sense. The book is amazing. Yeah. Buy it, read it, enjoy it. You're going to love it. Yeah. Uh, there's two more issues, I think. Um no, three. It's three issues. So, so it's 90s, early 2000s? Yeah, and then, and then 2000 now, yeah. uh, I guess. It's the aughts. The aughts. Then... It's great. So read that series. I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Uh, jumping into the Super Chats, uh, what was it? King's Portal says, uh, I'm a little bit angry comics are popular now. I miss the 90s. Well, uh, <laughs> they're all still there, and they're at severely discounted rates. So <laughs> you can, and p- trust me, there's books you didn't read back then that you could find in any local comic book store or in any comic book convention you can get at like for pennies on the dollar. You could you can basically relive the 90s forever and keep reading books you never checked out. Uh, as if Sayed says, just wanted to say hi to my favorite YouTube channel. We just want to say hi to you. Thank hi. you very much. Uh, Caleb J. Via says, uh, you think the films are based on Red Rain or the Crimson Mist and Bloodstorm? <laughs> Probably not. Well, because he's you know, he played a vampire. Right. So. Yeah, yeah, no. I. Uh, that's so funny. They should do an like a dark animated version of that. Batman Vampire is like, why isn't that a why, movie? That should be an animated movie. They'd like, sit it in their god-awful DC universe and have just Jason do, O'Hara be like, Yeah, do all of them. I want to, like, yeah. Yeah. I see the last one where he just... Right? Well, he just... It, like, and here here's the issues where he just kills everybody. I mean, honestly, like, they'll probably get... <laughs> they would probably gather them by gaslight and just merge them. Just, it's all one Yeah, story. that's fine. That's what I'm saying. Like, just do them all. Just yeah. do the whole thing. Uh, Skoro down. says, uh, Zdarsky's Daredevil is officially my top five, if not top three favorite runs now. Matt's saying that Peter is the best of them gut, is gut-wrenching. If you're not reading it, uh, I didn't get a chance to talk about it, but you know what I'm not going to. Zdarsky and Marco Cicchetto's Daredevil number five is great read it because daredevil's book is great like the the story the journey the stuff with frank castle the journey that daredevil's going on is, is spectacular and if you're a spider-man fan like we all know that chip Zdarsky is mm-hmm. um you get a lot of like great moments i mean like listen you get danny rand you get luke cage you get jessica jones but you get this great moment where peter finally like confronts matt and like you get matt's kind of like personal thoughts on peter and you get like this really great kind of like analysis of who peter parker is and it's through the lens of matt murdoch right right. and it's like that's what these two mean to each other what a great interpretation yeah i completely agree with you um comics mix explains says can't make it to new york comic-con but would love to see you at baltimore comic-con we hope we can make it yeah we're thinking about it Mm -hmm. can i please buy you all dinner or at least some (laughs) drinks Uh, i think at least 20 of us at the comic core will be there i hope we will i hope we see you there um uh, but thank you very much, man. <laughs> we'll see what happens with Baltimore. I don't know if yeah. we can make it, but I hope we do. I, I love that show. Yeah. yeah. Jack O'Connell. This Peter Parker's missing years of Avengers experience and having to make uh, the hard choices he's had to make in the last decade or so of comics. Yeah. Uh, that's who he is. And it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so check that out. Outside of that, we're going to recommend some books that are coming out this week that we think you should pick up. Yeah, let's do it. So let's jump into them. What do you got? Um, well, uh, so... Um... I'm going to vamp until I get everything back. I have only one thing. Oh, okay. I'll go first. 
Um, over in Marvel, Doctor Strange number fourteen is is coming out. I, I that's up to you if you yeah. like the Wade Run or not. It's not it's not blowing my world right now. It's not rocking my world either. No. Um, but that's just me. Maybe you dig it. So I wanted to mention that it is coming right. out. Right. I'm still gonna pick well, it up. Also, so nobody reminds you. Yeah, so, I know. Yeah. It's, I know it's coming out. I exactly. Know. I know. Um, Mr. And Mrs. X number eleven is coming out, which I am really enjoying. That um, over in the DC arena, I just wanted to make mention that the Sandman Volume Eight World's End Thirtieth Anniversary Edition will be coming out. So if you've been collecting the Thirtieth Anniversary ones, number eight's coming out. Mm. And then also from DC, Justice League Dark number eleven is coming out. It's pretty much my favorite magic book right now. Nice is over there in DC. So I'm just I, God, I can't wait to see how everything works out and how they deal with Dr. Fate and the Lords of Order and just kind of finish this all up and then where we're going to go from there because it doesn't seem, it doesn't, like, it just it just keeps getting like better and better and like just doing such a good job and I'm like, it can't last, right? No. Maybe it can. I don't know. So <laughs> I hope so. I want it to. enjoying it so yeah, much. Absolutely. Uh, I recommend, and there's only one book, uh, they're putting out an absolute edition of Black, of, of Black Mirror. So, Batman Black Mirror, Scott Snyder, Jock, Fracavella, that- Francavella cover is crazy oh it's jock cover naturally yeah. uh but yeah if you haven't already read enjoyed bought absolute or a batman black mirror mm-hmm. it's great uh and the art and story are terrific the jock stuff looks great but the 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 frank avella story i mean it's written by snyder but like mm-hmm. that stuff the jim gordon jr stuff it's amazing. So if you haven't already checked it out, absolute Batman Black Mirror hardcover. It's gonna be great. That's cool. So it deserves to be collected. I'm glad did it they, is. Did they they did a noir version of Black Mirror, right? Uh yes, they do. Yeah, we have you, it. Actually. And you know why I was thinking that? Obviously, other than because we have it, is because Jock is one of those artists whose inks can you don't, you don't need the color. No, the color is great, but you don't need it. That's for right. His work. That's and right. So like I was like, if they haven't, which I thought they did, which they did, <laughs> I was like, they should. Right. Because you know why not? Because it is honestly freaking awesome right i really like his inks but i like that kind of like messy dark yeah heavy greedy inks sometimes especially in terms of horror yeah absolutely um um (laughs) we had heard uh some rumors that justin ponzer might have passed away uh he was battling cancer and uh i i hope that's not true because I just I was trying to confirm, and there's no right. there's no official word from his Twitter, nor is there anything on Bleeding Cool or any other comic website. Um, but uh, just as a, as an aside, in case that did happen, Justin Ponzer is, since he hasn't passed away yet in my mind, right, right, um, the one of the best colorists in the industry. Yes. Uh, Any time that you are like reading a comic and you're like, holy shit, this book looks amazing. Odds are Ponzer colored it, mm-hmm. uh, and he compliments any style that he has worked with. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I was really saddened to hear that he had fallen ill and that he was yeah. he was going through a hard time. Uh, I know we were actually I was just talking to Scott Hanna at, at the con literally two days ago. Yeah, and we we had ta- we were discussing Ponzer and how talented he is, and I had to tell him that he was not well. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was just it, it was rough. Uh, and if it is true. We have lost an incredible talent. Uh, Justin Ponzer is or was uh, just such a talent and such a wonderful, friendly person. Um, people have n- said nothing but kind things about him. I did a lot of research on him back when we were like uh, starting as a comic books channel. I was like, yeah. this, this co- the colorists can either be like great or terrible. You never notice. Mm-hmm. But like Justin Ponzer, I always said and always believe in my heart, 
top com- top colorist in the industry. Yeah. Just just a, an amazing colorist, and from what I understand, a really really terrific guy. Um, so I'm sorry to hear about his passing. Yeah. Uh, King's Portal says uh, top five Marvel films. Uh, you know, Iron Man, Homecoming, Endgame, Infinity War, Avengers One. Is that your go. order? No. Oh, okay. It's just those are the five. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely on board with Endgame, Infinity War, Iron Man. Um, I like I like the first Thor. I like the the humor in it. Oh yeah, Ragnarok's good too. Um, Ragnarok's excellent as well. Um, and I I've got a soft spot for the first Ant Man movie. Right, it's a great one. Such a soft spot for that movie. Uh, Caleb J Via says, uh, "Fingers crossed for a Superman and Batman versus vampires and werewolves adaptation." I literally just talked to Tom Mandrake at the con. Yeah. And I mentioned that book. Um, well, it's funny too because you said I Superman, said Superman and Batman, Batman versus, versus vampires, and he was like, "Uh, and yeah, werewolves." And, werewolves. <laughs> and I'm like, "Yes, thank yeah. you, sorry, Tom," <laughs> but he's very proud of it, and he should be. We yeah. have uh, at least two trades of that book, right? And I didn't bring either of them to get him to sign them. Instead, I got a Martian Manhunter. Yes. Uh, and Mr. Roboto says superhero vampire movies. Yes, no, maybe. Sure, why not? Blade worked. Why wouldn't it? Uh, so anyway we want to thank you all so much for hanging out with us and uh, joining us if you uh, do uh, you know have an opportunity uh, definitely you know share your favorite Justin Ponzer book in the comments down below and uh, check out his social media I know that he's on Twitter uh, and I know that Dan Slott apparently was tweeting about it so follow like go over there to see where the links will lead you because I'm sure that you can if you want to help or if you want to like show your support I'm sure there'll be a donation you can make in his name or yeah. to his to a, to his ca- uh, charity yeah. of his choice. Don't don't forget, guys. Like pencilers are great, artists are fantastic, but like a colorist sometimes can make or break a book. Yep. And to have someone like him that reliably made all the pencils and inks that he colored over that much stronger is incredible. To yeah. have that kind of reliability and and trust. It's true. So uh, we want to thank you all so much for joining us. We'll see you guys next time with another office episode of Off the Rack. Of course, if you have not already, uh, Bad Issues came out earlier today. Mm-hmm. So go watch that because it's a lot of fun. Um, and you won't see another one for another like two or three weeks. Uh, but we do have one ready to go and it's a lot of fun. Tiffany's on that one. It's it's epic. And, and it's a book that like, where why why didn't we do this one so far ago? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but I'm glad we're getting into it now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's all we got. So we'll see you then. So long, everybody. Bye. Bye.